OMG, welcome to the third episode of the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast with me, MG. But you don't just have me today, I am bringing in my very first guest expert, and I am setting the bar pretty fucking high, ladies and gentlemen. I've got the incredible Tina Tower coming in today to talk about all things online courses, live launching, the difference between live launching and evergreen, and the mum life, biz life balance. The conversations that we have in here are so freaking incredible. And just to give you an idea of the level we're playing at, Tina talks about having her $700,000 launch of one program. That's just one launch and thinking to herself, I haven't quite made it to a seven figure launch. This is the game we're playing. This is the level we're at in this conversation. So the value that you're getting out of listening to this podcast is freaking huge. I have been in Tina's Empress Circle program for almost two years now. That's her highest level of membership. And I have learned so much of what I do from her. So it made sense to get her in here. And I cannot wait for you to get some paper, get a pen and take some notes because get ready, buckle in. This is going to be epic. Let's go. Hello, hello, legend. We've got Tina Tower as the very first expert on the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset podcast. Yay! Welcome, Tina. Woohoo! Thank you, gorgeous Am. Now, I've already taken a bit of time before this to introduce in my own words what we've talked about because we don't know exactly what's going to come up until we've spoken about it, right? And a little bit about about podcasting. Yes. And I'd love for you to share, though, with everyone that's listening in your own words, who Mm -hmm. is Tina Tower? Oh, who am I? (laughs) Isn't that the existential question? (laughs) Um, So who am I? I've been playing this business game for a really long time, um, nearly celebrating my 20 years since I started my first official bricks and mortar business, which is exciting. I love it. I love all the different iterations. I've built and sold four different businesses. I've licensed, I've franchised. I just I love systems. I love creating things. I love all of that. So now I run Her Empire Builder, which is the world's best online education for female course creators. And it's all of that stuff. Like it's all the pragmatic strategy checklists, all of, all of the like tangible sort of side of things in there, which, which complements my personality and what I love a lot in there. So that's what I do. That's me. Yes. And that's what I'm a part of and absolutely love it because you're so organized. I find you've got all the templates and the systems and the strategies. Well, this is the thing. And like, you're so good at like the articulation of mindset things and all of that, which is what, what I love and why I bring like just today, as we're recording, you came in and talked to all of our members about mindset and being unstoppable, which I love bringing people in for that. Because for me in a mindset sort of sense, like when someone's like, you know, I want to do all of this, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Like my first reaction is just like, you want the result, you do the thing. Like I'm very... (laughs) pragmatic with it which is which is often very unhelpful so I stick to what I'm good at (laughs) absolutely as we all should and one of the things you're very good at that I wanted to talk about today is live launching because you've just come out of a big (laughs) live launch right you're probably feeling the come down off the live launch energy right now I can imagine and I'd love for you to share with everyone listening what is a live launch if they're going what does that mean like I know what a launch is but what's a live launch and why do you like to use it as a strategy in your business I love it. I am actually, so I'm part of another program at the moment where they do really extensive personality testing as as part of the program. And they're like, I am in the 5% of people that actually genuinely enjoy the pressure and the risk of a live launch, um, which is is very true. Yeah. Not many people Um, love it. Not many people love it. We do a lot of people do it because it works so well as a strategy, but don't actually get the enjoyment out of it. Whereas I, I love it. I actually really 
love the energy of it. I love the intensity of it, all of that sort of thing. So to answer your question, live launching is when you've got a very limited launch window, you're opening doors, you're doing a lot of like activity. It's almost like a, like an open house, like it, like just a fire hydrant of marketing goodness. And then it's over. Party's done. Close the doors. You go into just like loving up on your clients and don't have to market with such intensity anymore for that period. So I fell in love with live launching. I did Evergreen first. So Evergreen is just when you just like have it there, build it, and they will hopefully come, which doesn't always work. Um, (laughs) But it just kind of ticks over. And what I found was that that never-ending kind of marketing cycle of Evergreen, while, while awesome, because it's as passive as you can get, but still not passive because you stop marketing and nobody's coming. Um, but live launching, like every single, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people with their online courses and live launching will kick Evergreen's butt every single time because of the concentration and the scarcity and like so many of those different elements that happen in a live launch. And so I did my first one in 2018, so five years ago now, and I made $11,000 in the first launch, which to a lot of people is like not very much. But I was- to a lot of people, it is a lot as well. I was fluid. I was like, so to that point, I had been, I'd been in business for like 17 years or something ridiculous. And everything that I had done till then, like my previous big business that I sold was tutoring centers. So the model of our tutoring centers was, you know, we'd get a tutoring student, they'd pay $80 an hour. I'd pay the teacher $40 an hour. Then you'd have rent and costs out of it. And you'd have your small amount of profit. You couldn't really make any more than that, except by massive scale, because it was so deliverable and dependent upon time and delivering that service. So to me, when I created this course, which was Idea to Launch, which I still have the same course now as my Evergreen, but I did Idea to Launch. I made it all, recorded it all. I put it out there. I ran a live launch and made $11,000 and then closed the doors and was like, and now I do nothing. Like it's <laughs> done. What the fuck? Like this is amazing. And I could have a hundred people do it. And my actual energy and effort and deliverable is no different. Like it blew my mind. Then I became obsessed with yes. my watching and I've been hooked ever since. And 2018, now it's 2023 and you're still doing it. And what do the launches yeah. look like now? $11,000 back then, what do they look like now? Yeah, so usually we're somewhere between 500 and 700,000 a launch. Um, so they're, they're very different. Um, I've still never done a million-dollar launch. I don't know if I want to. I know that sounds really um, silly. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I have learned from my previous business is bigger isn't always better. Um, and I basically killed myself and my business in my previous business from go- growing too fast. So I have been very purposeful to keep it slow and steady and play the long game and do a lot of organic marketing with this because I have because I have a membership and not a course. It makes it very different in deliverable. So for idea to launch, like I could have just kept that one and just pumped that and probably done higher launches, but I love membership and I love community. So I do that, which means when we have a big launch and when we have a big intake, there's a whole lot of people that have a high expectation of really high touch points. And so if I don't have the right team in place, and that's pretty much what slows us down, is if we don't have that right deliverable, then our reputation gets soiled and then we will sink faster than a lead balloon. So I'm very conscious of that as well. And it's so important to have that awareness because obviously you then need to serve the people that have signed up. And if it is a membership model, you're wanting them to stay in as part of your community for a period of time. So 
that makes absolute sense. That bigger yeah. is not always better. I am absolutely certain, though, that pretty much everyone listening will be like, "I would love a half a million dollar launch." That oh yeah, I'm not. Great. I'm not complaining about it. It's freaking beautiful. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, to go from eleven thousand yes. to seven hundred thousand. Yes, in the space of six years. This is the beauty of online businesses, though, isn't it? You yes. know, and I, I hear you talk about this with with us and her empire builder all the time. Is yeah. that you can actually grow a lot faster than a traditional business. Oh, insanely so. So when we did, I did my previous business for 13 years and when we were doing, like I've always been, as you said, very organized, very planned. And whenever we were doing strategic planning and mapping it all out, like we would go for growth of about five to 20% a year. Like when we started franchising, we were going for 20% a year, which is massive fast growth in traditional business sense, like the infrastructure that you need and how many people you need to add and locations and leases to find and all of that sort of chunky stuff is you can't, like you could grow more than that, but you have to borrow a bucket ton of money and invest really heavily. Whereas for this one, like I see, I see you, I see so many of our clients and so many of our members just going like hundred percent launch on your launch, not even year on year growth, like just like boom, 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 boom. And the infrastructure that you need does go up, but nowhere near at the same rate as it does in a traditional business. So in some ways it's been like my biggest challenge, unlearning the expectations of traditional business to go into this space where we're we're so unlimited in our potential of there as well, which is so exciting. It is exciting. And I mean, it means that even people that have a traditional business can actually pivot the skills that they have in a traditional business into something online. And I think there's quite a few people that don't realize how much can now be done online. Do you have any examples of that, of organizations that were fully a bricks and mortar organization that then were able to pivot in a way that maybe wasn't completely obvious to go, right, this is something we can offer online that's so much more scalable where you can grow more than 5 to 20% in a, a year. I mean, everyone's really like there was um, like a lot of consultants. We have a lot of corporate consultants that used to do like massive things like change management in government organizations with these huge, huge contracts that now do all of their programs and put them into middle management. We've got people that train accountants that used to go in and spend labor intensive days with accountants that now do it just all online. And then we've got like not B2B, but we've got like Chloe from Been There Done That, Been There Dug That, who had like going and doing people's physical vegetable gardens and edible gardens that is now all online like it's you can get pretty much anything and teach it online um and it so complements people as well so a a lot of people because most of her empire builder members have traditional businesses and have done the switch i don't really seem to attract many people that are that are brand new at business that have never had any sort of business experience at all get some corporate people um but they're usually very high level thinkers as, as well um but for that, when people come in and they're like, you know, I, I don't want to start from scratch again. They've often got a very well-established, profitable service-based business, but they're getting really burnt out and want to leverage and scale more. And it's like, you're not starting from scratch. Like, it's not that there is differences, but I go, if you've mastered traditional business, you can find online business a piece of cake once you get over the mental hurdles of the biggest one is like what we were talking about this morning, putting yourself out there as a personal brand rather than a lot of people that have ran traditional business behind a business brand and the exposure and vulnerability that you feel from that. That is the hardest part of an online business. And it's definitely the hardest part of live launching as well. I was just about to say that is a fantastic segue into my next topic, which is around the mindset of live launching. Now, anyone who's watched me for a while will see that I, when I live launch, I go fucking nuts. Like, Uh I mean, (laughs) I've learned, I've learned from the best, obviously, but I bring in my own flavor. (laughs) 
that isn't even, you know, something that you could replicate probably, but there is a lot of mindset behind it. Now you've said you love it. I know Mm -hmm. you also work with a lot of people that don't love it or they have like a love hate relationship, but know the value of it because of the results. So how do you overcome any mindset barriers and how do you suggest people overcome the mindset during launch when, you know, maybe you have that launch lull or leading up and it's all that work? What are the the tips and tricks of the trade of live launching? Yes. So the parts I love are the the pieces of the puzzle, like the technical strategy behind it and the way it all comes together. I just think like when I, I just closed launch, um, I don't know, last week or the week, just last week. My gosh, yeah, only last week. Um, And when I set all of this one up, there was a lot of things. So hang on, I'll rewind a little bit. So my launch that I did before this one was the worst launch I have done in three years. So with that one, it shook me a bit in going, have I peaked too soon? Like, have I lost my mojo? Am I now, was it a COVID bubble? And now this is the way it's going to go. And this is my new normal. Like I spiraled a little bit mentally in going like, is this it for me? Was, was the launch before an anomaly? And now I'm here. And what I looked at when I did it was I had launching so dialed in that I would rinse and repeat. And I didn't want to break anything or touch anything because it was so effective. So right down to using the same emails, the same social media posts, like all of the same stuff. And so it felt a little bit like like I phoned it in. I didn't phone it in, but it felt like I was too autopilot and had let go of my favorite thing in business, which is experimenting. And also because I'm teaching people online courses and launching, every time I do something new that's not part of our system, everyone else then goes, well, shit, should I be doing that too? Like, am I I deviating from the system? Like she's doing something different to what she's teaching us. And so I've been really reluctant to experiment too much because I don't want to throw off everybody else as well. Anyway, so it resulted in a pretty shitty result, which is understandable. So with this launch, I was like, you know what? I'm going back to back to the groove. Like I what would it look like if it was super fun? What would it look like if it was filled with joy? What would it look like if I wanted to be the leader in the industry and instead of doing things that like have worked, go, well, what could I experiment with? What could we try that hasn't been tried before? And what sort of combination could I put together? Anyway, so I had a hell of a lot of fun with that, which is the part that I really like. And when we were going into it, I'm looking at like my whiteboard and all of my different things, like beautiful mind, psycho shit all drawn up there. And just like, it is a work of art. Like there's so many moving parts to a sophisticated launch like there's different levels of launch you can do and I would not recommend anybody at the beginning do a launch like the one that I just did Mm. follow limited launch formula which is what I have and that is great until you get to like that hundred thousand two hundred thousand but then you've got to like you've got to experiment a little you've got to find like you said your own flavor anyway I went into this launch and I enjoyed it so much and I did so many different experiments and that's what I love the part I don't love about live launching is how much I have to perform that is the part that because I'm I'm an introvert at, at heart and human design projector and I kind of tick every single box in that. Um, but why I love it so much is I love I love what I get to do for my day job. So I love I love creating systems. I love creating templates. I love creating all of the different strategy that goes behind it and giving that to people that often find that really hard, the part that I find easy. And I know that the only way I get to do my day job and do it really well with really awesome people is if I show up and do that performance. Otherwise, no one knows that I exist. But that is that is definitely the hard part. And always at the end, I'm like, so peopled out. Um, 
but that's the part that a lot of people struggle with. And it's just, you just got to do what you got to do. And when you're so peopled out, what do you do after launch to allow yourself the space to get ready for people again? Because you can't avoid yeah. people in the work that you do. Like you might not have to perform anymore like you do in launch, yeah. but you've yes. then got to show up for your for your members. So how do yeah. you cope with that? And for some that? reason, like I always feel like the back end is so much like I never feel exhausted from that like I do on a front end. There's a different, and maybe that's like my own mentality, but there's a different frame of mind to, you know, people in my clients, they all want to be there. They're all looking for the results. I can kind of just calm my farm a bit there. Whereas in the public side, it's like you never know who's the looky-loos that are there and what sort of questions they're going to ask and all of that sort of thing. Um, so I do, I look like I'm on social media a lot, I but I'm very clever and strategic with the way I do that. So I batch a whole lot of stuff um so since launch is over like things will continue going out every day but it's all stuff that we've created like a couple months ago so I'm not physically on there we had a couple weeks podcast break as well I won't do any videos like I let that part recover but I also am very good at switching off so we've just had the Easter long weekend um I had four whole days with no phone no email no nothing like I never feel the need to share any of my personal life so when I'm not working it's simply off usually on a Friday it's gone until Monday morning and there's no I don't get exposed to anything I don't read anything I don't consume anything like I'm just playing in nature and playing with my family and my dogs and all of that sort of thing. And I need that balance. I can't be on all the time. And that's um, that's something that I think is really hard for us, not even just as course creators, but as any sort of business owner now is that that pull to feel like you need to be connected all the time and that someone can send you a DM at 10 o'clock at night and you don't want to leave it hanging. Um, and I'll get people all the time message me and go, I'm sorry to bother you after hours. It's no bother. I'm never going to see it. <laughs> it's, it's off. And I think that you need, like, that's one of the hardest things that I had to do was have the confidence to be able to go, I can, I can just let that go to the keeper until tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And those those boundaries are so important. I know yeah. I can be the absolute worst for it. I have to reset them on a regular basis because yeah. I notice that I will kind of set the boundary and stick to it for a few weeks and then and it kind of totally creeps, yeah. creeps back in and then I'm doing it again like 24-7 and then I need to set the boundary. And I've never found the longevity, to be honest. I still need to reset it all the time. Yeah. That's why I like launching though, because you go into modes. So I have like the two weeks before launching and launching, I am on, like I am like that phone is like attached to my hand and nothing gets left behind. Like I am on it. It's why I destination launch a lot as well. So I'll go away from my family so that I can literally be all in there. But then when I'm out of that mode, it's like normal life again. So I really like, yeah, flick the switch. Yeah. So the, the sprints work better for my mentality than like marathon running, which is what I had in my last business, which was when I got super burnt out, got adrenal fatigue and couldn't handle it was because every day was the same level of intensity. Whereas I love that this business, you can like sprint, do everything on a front end and then like turtle back in your shell and just deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important point that you brought up there about your energy that you work well in those sprints because the self-awareness that we need to have as an entrepreneur helps us to determine what's going to work best as a business model. And that's exactly it, right? Do you work better in sprints or marathons? I feel like I'm still trying to work that out. I feel like I can do both. But it depends. It depends on the chapter. It depends on the environment. So also really big that you brought up like going and launching in Mm. a destination because you can create the space for that sprint energy. Yes. 
And maybe when, you know, for example, right now I'm at home working while my kids are on school holidays would be a really shit time to be going through like a massive live launch, right? And I have had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Taryn. So Taryn, one of our beautiful fellow empire builders, she runs a company called Dietitian Approved and she shared this story on my podcast so I can share it here. Um, But she does really, really well. And she did a 20K launch for her program. She's a dietitian for triathletes. So very, very niche, Um, but she's got toddlers. So she was like, you know, she's trying to work and trying to do all of these different things that she needs to do for launch. And there's literally people hanging off her legs. And she was like, I just feel this horrible guilt about like I'm neglecting them, but also I could be doing so much with work. And so I suggested booking in Airbnb for a week. It's only a week. You go there, you give everything to that. You make all of the money that you need for the next like three to six months and then you're done and you can go back to your family. And she did that. And on the next launch, she made 60K. Like it was just because she gave herself that space to go, all right, I'm here for this and this only. Let's go. Um, So I think it's just, it's really hard for women that are often the primary caregivers in their families as well to be able to feel like you can give everything the attention it deserves all at one time. Like, it's an unrealistic expectation. And 100%. And this is one of the things I love that you talk about, Tina, is that it actually does take hard work and that not yeah. everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. Because I know I remember when you went on a, on a rant on social media somewhere. <laughs> I, I can't did. remember when it was. You were just like, <laughs> right. And you jumped on and you were using confidently your voice, what we were talking about this morning yeah. on on your uh, on our mindset session in Hero Empire Builder, and actually just speaking to the fact that as women, if you, well, and it's not just as women, but a lot of the time it's women that are the primary caregivers. And yet, if we want to build a business, we don't all have the same 24 hours in the day. No, like I know now, like even talking to you before we hit record, like your kids are just slightly younger than mine, but it's so different. Like I know I've got a 13 year old and a 15 year old. I have a lot more hours in the day than I did when they were nine and 10. And then, then I had a lot more hours than when they were four and five and a lot more than when they were toddlers. Like it just is so different. And I think one of like, one of the things that I ranted out quite a bit that really gets my ghoulies is because women are often made to feel like they're doing something wrong. Like everyone else is doing it so much easier. And I'm the one here struggling like a duck underwater. What am I doing wrong? But often people are just lying about what they're doing. So I am big into boundaries. I'm big into all of the spaciousness and not burning out. Absolutely, for sure. However, when you're going naught to 100,000, there is nobody that does that on 10 hours a week work without outsourcing anything and just kind of letting the momentum flow. Like it is hard work. You're doing things you've never had to do before. You're getting to know yourself mentally. Like I think there's no bigger mind game than running a business. You'll get to know yourself very quickly and every flaw that you have in your mentality and how to maximize your potential. But also you're trying to figure out like what time are you putting into what sort of activities that are going to bring the biggest results in there. So I think one of the best advantages, like for me now, I work pretty much Tuesday through Thursday. So Tuesdays, I always have a packed call day. Wednesdays and Thursdays are usually liked, like doing admin videos, that sort of thing. And I have off Mondays and Fridays and and obviously the weekend. But the reason I can do that now is because I've been in business for 20 years. So I know what to do that's going to give me the biggest results. So I'm not like fluffing around on different stuff that you do at the start, that I did at the start, that everybody does at the start because you don't know what you don't know yet. Yes. Cut yourself a break. Absolutely. And I'm really glad we ended up in this topic because so many of the women that I speak to are mums and we're trying to find that balance between mum life, 
business life and actually also still have a relationship with our husbands or partners, you know, all of that and the guilt of not putting energy 100% into all of those things really eat away at you. And oftentimes it's because what we're seeing on social media is telling us, oh, you should be here and it should only take you a year and, you know, you shouldn't be doing all of these things. You should be doing that. And it's all the shoulds. Yeah. Really, we know yeah. I'm not realistic. I but- saw someone the other day do a post about like you shouldn't be doing, like talking about your shoulds, you shouldn't be doing like you should be outsourcing your social media, your podcast production, your Kajabi stuff, like all of these different things that I'm going, well, yeah, that would be lovely. However, if you were outsourcing all of that, it's going to cost about $4,000 a week. How much is someone earning to be able to afford $4,000 a week? I don't think you should pay more than 20% of your revenue to team costs. So that's earning a bucket ton of money. So a lot of people are short on time. And so they're going, well, I'll just outsource source everything but then they have no freaking money so then they're stressed with that as well and it's just you know it's hard at the start no getting around it just got to do the work learn the thing and build it up and then outsource one at a time so that you can be sustainable and play that long game in there and it takes time to work out what that balance looks like in your business as well you know I know I got someone to do my social media not long after I started probably saw one of those posts saying you should do this so I got someone to do it and they just could not write like me. And it was just well, you're great a- at your social media. Yeah. I, and I love it. And I think that'll be the last thing exactly. that I outsource. Yeah. Because- I think you outsource the thing that, that you don't love. Not you that. outsource the thing that you're like, this is taking me 10 times longer because I'm like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I've learned that, but I did have to learn that the hard way. And of course, yeah. learning things the hard way takes time, but I don't think anyone goes into business and doesn't learn anything the hard way at any point. Like no. I'm sure you've learned some things the hard way in the process. No. And if, I mean, you've got two books, right? I know I've read both of them and one uh, one life in particular talks a lot about, you know, the things yeah, that you've learned the hard way in your life. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was because I was young too. I think the naivety of being in your 20s like you. <laughs> and that's how we've got to learn. Like you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you didn't do those things. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Right? Yeah. But I think still staying on the, on the mum track as well. Like even yesterday, like making your family part of the team that you're doing as well, instead of having this divide between like, I've got to work and then balance that with family. My, I had my business four years before I had kids. So they've never known me as not having a business. And so it's always been very intertwined. I don't have like work life separation necessarily. I mean, I switch everything off on the weekends, but I'm always talking to them about it. I've always got my notebook writing down ideas while we're at the beach. Like it never truly switches off. It's always intertwined in there. And so they're on school holidays at the moment, of which I was like, I want to hang out with them on school holidays. I've got all this stuff to do. I was like, guys, do you want to help me do this? They're like, yeah, for sure. So we just welcomed 72 members into her empire builder on our last launch. And so that's a lot of boxes to pack. We send out beautiful welcome things. And I, I like hand tie little labels under stuff and handwrite notes like I like to put the juju on it instead of just I know that sounds ridiculous but I I like to put love and care into the welcome boxes because it's a big deal for me and it's a big deal for people that are joining as well and so we did like the whole production line all together for like six hours yesterday and they felt so good at the end and even we've got like a bell that we give to people so that when people have like a celebration they ring the bell and my older son was doing the bells and hand tying like the little notes that we put under them and he was going, I can't wait to like, like so many people are going to be ringing these bells in celebration. Like, this is so awesome. How many bells are here and how many people are going to be doing really awesome things? And I was like, he is seeing that. Like, I nearly teared up when he said it. because I'm like, this is my 15-year-old son yes. going, this is this many bells represents this many women that are doing business with his mom in order to do like bigger impactful things in the world and do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's just a beautiful lesson that I'm so glad I've weaved my kids into my business so that they 
get that. Yeah, such a brilliant idea. And such it's a lesson they're not going to learn in other households because they're not exposed to it like that. And I love that. I love that he saw the symbolism of it as well and can like picture all of these women ringing the bell and just, and seeing that success and awesome that you're raising boys and working with women too and, and building them up as successful humans in their eyes too. They've got, they've got such a different sense of normal, but I think so often women like load on themselves all the negatives of being a business owning mom without looking at all the positives like my 13 year old has a business called grom socks that he makes like cool socks for tweens and teens that are super outdoorsy and like when i got back he's like mom i've got to do i've got to do my baths and i've got to do 13 years old he's like i want to buy a new mountain bike of which i ride a lot like with the socks at the track and sell the socks and do all of that sort of thing could that be a full tax deduction and he's asking about all these business expenses that i'm going Gosh, he only knows that because I have those conversations around the kids and with the kids and doing yes. that. It's so advantageous. And I would love to see us look more at the advantages of the life and the freedom that we get to have and how we get to raise our kids as opposed to always just feeling this gloch from it. Because it's yeah, awesome. absolutely. It's a reframe. It's looking at it from a completely different perspective. There's yeah. pros and cons to every way of yeah. living your life. But if you focus on the pros and enhance those and, you know, allow them to be what leads your decisions as a family and a business owner, then you're going to be happy regardless. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, before we finish up, I would love to just ask if there's anything that you would love to share with anyone that's listening and maybe thinking about going into an online business. I definitely have a variety of people that listen. They're not all online, but if they're thinking about going online, what would you, what tips or advice would you give them? So I'd say go to tinatower.com and get the free resources. On the homepage, there's like six different free resources there to get started, which is a really great place to start. Um, And do what you're passionate about. Very often I hear people say, well, you know, I'm known for this or I could like see the commercial value in this. But so often what I find with a lot of people that have come from business backgrounds is they're usually getting a bit burnt out. So when you go into your online, go into something that you're going to want to talk about again and again and again and again and again, because if you're at that stage where you're looking at doing an online, but you're hating the content, it's not going to go very well. So follow the joy, no matter how different that is, because every time you do, it ends up, it ends up working out and you'll have a whole lot more fun in the process. And this journey is supposed to be fun. Like there's no, there is no end line. There is no finish line. Um, We always think in business that, you know, once I get over this hurdle or once I get this launch, then it's going to be easy and smooth sailing. But it's always like you just, there's just always new problems to deal with. And that is the joy of it in going. It becomes easy when you accept the hard, if that makes sense. Like it's, Mm -hmm. It's getting to that new level going, essentially, business owners do it, get financially rewarded on the scale of problems we're really just with. And so you can ease into those and find a group of problems that you will enjoy tackling, then that's when it becomes really fun. I love that. And fun is one of my highest values. I'm not sure if you noticed, Tina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I love that we're finishing there thank you so much for being a guest thank you for being my first ever guest on this podcast congratulations on the new pod thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to the very first episode with a guest speaker on the unstoppable marketing and mindset podcast if you go into the show notes you can see all of the socials and website for tina as well as my own and what i'd love for you to do before you exit out of the app is to go ahead and leave a rating and review on spotify or apple 
podcasts, whatever app you're listening on. I'll see you in the next episode next week. Peace out. I'm MG.